This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Bottom Line podcast on the Blood Red channel with myself, Patrick Smith. And this is the place to be to get all the latest news on Liverpool's finances and of course FSG's new search for investors or potentially new owners. Well, joining me of course to talk through all of this is the Liverpool Echo's business of football writer and all-around Liverpool FC financial expert, Dave Powell. Dave, thank you for joining me. Thanks very much, Pat. Good to be here. Yeah, good to have you back on. Well, we've got plenty to get into, obviously, regarding FSG's potential sale of Liverpool, the UAE mid-season tour, I'm going to call it. Obviously, while the Reds are at the Qatar World Cup. But I'm going to get into it today with a general overview of the ownership. I mean, what are the latest development this week in FSG's search for new investors or potential new owners? Um, well, with every um, every day that passes, there seems to be another name linked, um, another... Uh, Another billionaire from from another from another part of the globe, but as things stand, um, from what I'm told from from US sources, first and foremost, is that the, um, there's no rush for FSG or, or John Henry to to part company with um, with with Liverpool. They have a valuation in their mind, and if someone reaches that number, then they they, they may get through the door to talk, and that's when kind of discussions will will start. Really, obviously, Mike Gordon has. Uh, in the past few, in the past week, I mean, I'm quite tellingly, really. I mean, he's 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 started to step back from his um, day-to-day role with Liverpool. Uh, start, that transition's already started. Uh, Billy Hogan will assume more responsibilities as Liverpool CEO, and Gordon's role will be to kind of sift through the opportunities that may uh, lie in wait for 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 FSG around Liverpool. So whether that is uh, you know, interested bidders will come to Goldman Sachs or Morgan Stanley. Then that will come through. Uh, Any ones which are genuine and, and bona fide, they'll they'll be presented to Mike Gordon to sift through, and then you know, ultimately presented to, to FSG as an option. But as things stand, there's no one who's who's got to that point. There's there's plenty of shown an interest. Um, from what I understand, in in the U and people well placed in the US to have kind of corroborated this, there is interest from. Um, Harris Blitzer, Sports and Entertainment, they, they're mulling their options. They're, they've not made any, from what I can gather, they've not made any concrete decision on what they're going to do. Um, they are looking at um, Liverpool as an option because they were in the bidding process, as were many of the people linked with Liverpool, uh, with uh, you know, the Liverpool purchase in the past week or so, with the Chelsea bid early on this year. So um, the people that didn't get into that into the market with Chelsea um, before Todd Burley acquired it, um, you can imagine we'll have an element of interest in in what happens with Liverpool because there is a real scarcity value. Um, I say it all the time, but attached to these Premier League sides in the big six, um, they don't come up very often. Um, and when they do come up, they generate an enormous amount of interest because the view from the US particularly is that team valuations are going to carry on rising um, for the foreseeable future. They will plateau eventually and maybe decline, but for the time being, they are predicted to carry on rising. Media rights are going to continue to rise. Um, there would be new revenue streams coming online as new technologies are adopted. Um, the, the US ownership looks at it as the Premier League's heavily under-monetized. And so in the US, for example, teams are purchased, well, in, in this country, are purchased on a multiple of revenue. So I think Chelsea's, when they were bought by Burley, was about five times or six times a multiple of revenue, five, I think. Um, and you look at the NFL, um, the sale of the Denver Broncos, I think, uh, was done at a multiple of about nine. So uh, so that shows the, the where they see the value. Um, but in terms of interest, uh, Harris Blitzer of 
they've already got a sporting portfolio. They own the Philadelphia 76ers NBA team, the New Jersey Devils NHL team. Um, Josh Harris and David Blitzer both own 80%, 18% each of Crystal Palace. Um, now, I was in uh, New York last year, uh, last month, sorry, um, and at the Sportico Invest in Sport conference, and David Blitzer was the speaker there, and he was talk, he was pressed on his um, his decision to enter that race for Chelsea, despite being a shareholder in Crystal Palace. And I thought that the response he gave was quite telling because he said, "Well, it was an opportunity which we, you know, presented itself and one we felt we had to pursue." Um, in relation to the fact it's a big six club in the Premier League, there is um, they don't come up very often. They are one of the only you know English well, football assets which are kind of guaranteed not to go down, um, which feeds into kind of the Americanization that 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 kind of some US owners grave, um, which kind of lends itself. Do you think that would probably form part of the thinking for Liverpool? Also, part of their bid for Chelsea was um, Sir Martin Broughton who was Liverpool chairman in the early months of FSG's tenure. He was quite important to that transition period from Hicks and Gillette to um, to the early part of FSG's reign, seen as a very important figure. Now, the person that placed him in uh, with FSG and, and who thought he would be a good fit for that was a guy called Michael Klein, Wall Street financier, with links to FSG. And he was someone who was very, who was key in that takeover um you know that transition of power from Hicks and Gillette to, to FSG in the first place. He's part of that that group as well, and also HS, you know, HBSC, so Harris Blitzer Sports and Entertainment. They they have um, uh, a long-standing partnership with um, a institutional investor called Arctos, who are um, minority partners in FSG. They also they invest in multiple sports teams across across the globe, mainly in the mainly in the uh, North American sports market, but. Um, so there are there are a lot of kind of simpatico relationships and links that you can find with with this group and and that lends itself to the fact that they are considering their options with this but ultimately um, I've also been told um, that it, it is doubtful that they become the eventual owners of Liverpool Football Club largely because there is no bargain price to be had with Liverpool like there was with Chelsea so two and a half billion was seen by some as paying over the odds but um, there's an element of lifeo involved in um in team ownership so it's the last uh, kind of last in first out so the price of the the team that goes before usually sets the benchmark for what comes next and with valuations and, and sale prices continuing to rise um that kind of that rings true so um <clears throat> i think that they you know that the i'm told the price tag of around four billion dollars is, is kind of in the the ballpark of of what fsg would even consider to get in the door so um that's a, it's a that would by far and away be a, a huge chunk of um, of their their empire. You know, if, if they were to to press ahead with that, and I, I'm not too sure whether there is you know there is that ability to do that and really energize it in the way that maybe uh, or, or spend the money in the way that kind of Burley and Clear Lake Capital have at um, at Chelsea. But you know that they might they may find more to add to the group who can bring you know the capital required to make a difference but as it stands i think they have an interest they haven't uh, acted upon that interest it's just an interest and i'm but i'm also told that it would be unlikely that they would be the um a winning bidder but that's to say you know that's not to say the landscape with them could change they could bring new parties to the table but um that's the way that that particular um bid stands at the moment 
I mean, yeah, you sort of touched on the next question there about how it splits. I mean, they were obviously pretty happy to sell up their 18% stake in Palace to go for the Chelsea bid, which they didn't go through with. Do you think they're not serious contenders then in this case for Liverpool in any shape or form? Um, I, I think now in terms of they're very astute, um, they've, they've got a great portfolio, their history of sports manager. One thing is is in, interesting is the fact that David Blitzer has a, um, uh, his own investment vehicle called Global Football Holdings, which owns... Uh, they, they, they recently took over Bronby uh, in Denmark. They own ownership stakes in um, AD Den Haag in, uh, in in Holland. Um, it's in called Alcorson in Spain, um, and also um, Augsburg in, in Germany. Um, so it kind of lends itself again to the type of thing that Chelsea may be trying to do. It's a, they talked about it multi club ownership, which is um, but. For that to work like it has done at City or Red Bull or, or wherever, you need a, um, a kind of a figurehead or a beachhead that acts as the, the football club which all these teams sit under. And they haven't really got that at the moment. Um, Ronby certainly isn't big enough to achieve that through um, what they're doing. However, Liverpool certainly would be, but it's the cost involved to you know to, to make that happen. So I do think they'd look at they'll look at it with the idea of you know could this be you know how we can adopt the multi club model, but. They won't be buying it on the cheap if they did. So there's no, um, I don't think there's any cheap deal to, to be brokered here. Um, again, it, it's whether or not there is the, they bring other people to the table with the, the capital that might be able to help them realize that. But at the moment, they, I think it's just interest that they have um, exploring the options. They've not, I don't think they've, they've gone in any direction of travel any, any way down the line with Goldman Sachs or Morgan Stanley. So, um, I think that, from what I'm told, it's just interest at this moment in time. Um, but again, other other people tell me that it would be um, it would be an unlikely um, scenario if they did. But you, you know, you, not to say it'd be ruled out completely. Do you think a project like that, like City Group, have done with Man City? Obviously, you mentioned Red Bull. Do you think that could be something Liverpool look to do with this sale, or would they look to steer clear and just remain as the singular club? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's, it's it's difficult to say that. I mean, I don't. It used to be on the agenda for FSG in in a in a fairly um, fairly considerable way, but since then I think they have um, kind of pivoted slightly and they're looking back towards North America um, because largely I think because they haven't been able to implement the kind of structural change within leagues. Um, I mean, the failure of Project Big Picture was a bigger failure, I feel personally, for John Henry than any failure of the Super League was. I think um, Project Big Picture is probably more important. You know that that allowed them to change some elements of governance around around the, the Premier League and um, <clears throat> and Liverpool's rights. Um, but I think they will sell to. Um, I don't think having a multi club strategy will be something which they, um, you know, it forms a major part of the thinking when selling. I mean, I think FSG would like to. I know they'd like to add an NBA team, and it'll be in Vegas when they do it. It'll be a couple of years away. Um, there's been NFL mentioned. I mean, John Henry could invest into the NFL as an individual if he wanted, but he can't. FSG can't buy, as as the rule stands, uh, an NFL team. So it's 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 nonsense to suggest it because um, the NFL doesn't allow private equity, uh, and Liverpool have uh, at least three partners, uh, private equity partners. They got Redbird. Um, Arctos, who I mentioned just before, and uh, Kaz Investments. So um, Henry could do it by himself with Tom Werner if he wanted, but I mean, FSG couldn't add to that portfolio until those rules change. So, um, but they'll sell to who 
a who meets their valuation if anyone does and also i i, I think they will probably lean towards a us market purely because they will want to leave it in the hands of someone they think is a you know a uh, will be a good custodian of the football club and probably chimes morally um with with what the the city of liverpool um is all about so i think maybe that rules out uh you know some you know sovereign wealth funds but again you you can never second guess these things never say never because these things you know if someone comes to the table with a huge offer you can't second guess what someone's going to think um this is all just personal you know it, it, it's all personal opinion isn't it but um from what i'm told um that's that's the the, the kind of the sense i'm getting the blood red podcast from the liverpool echo Yeah, I seem to remember it's all personal opinion and rumours at the moment, and there seems to be a new rumour or link every four, five, six days. Well, on that, let's turn our attention then away from those rumours to the United Arab Emirates. Liverpool are going to spend their mid-season training camp, if you will, during the World Cup there. Dave, it was announced yesterday that Liverpool will play two friendlies against AC Milan and Lyon. I mean, they're involved in this tournament that's got three clubs sponsored by Emirates. It's obviously in the UAE. There were some pretty vague rumours a couple of weeks ago, linking the Dubai Crown Prince to Liverpool. Do you think there's any business to be done there at all, or is it strictly a coincidence that they're there? Um, I think it's a, a warm weather training camp in a uh, in an area which is you know presents commercial opportunity. Well, I mean, there's some big teams out there. There's obviously a, the relationship with um, AC Milan, which exists through. Redbird owning AC Milan and also they own eleven percent of FSG. I think it's some of it is coincidental. You know, it's um, this isn't wasn't. I don't think it was arranged as some kind of um, tout for for business or for sales uh, of the club prior. I think it's um, it, it's a destination. It's a popular destination. There will be an element of commercial opportunity which is presented by going to Dubai at this time. You know, this time of year, and also it's kind of. I suppose it chimes with the the theme of the World Cup being in in, in the Middle East anyway. So um, I think there are, there will be undoubtedly an element of commercial benefit, maybe um, whether it's through streaming games, uh, whether it's through sponsorship of tournaments, or whether it's through a you know often you get short term sponsorship deals um, you know linked linked to to the specific clubs throughout kind of pre season tournaments, and that's it's probably treated something like that it's kind of like a scaled back um almost like a it's like a pre-season zone but in the mid-season so um there'll be opportunity i'm sure um how much you know how valuable and how lucrative that will be um but obviously because of the, the week that's been um the focus is on um you know is there something more to, to a trip there i just i just don't think there is i think it's um it's, it's purely coincidental I mean, maybe not on the ownership side then, but we've seen before Liverpool playing friendlies, obviously against the Red Bull clubs, two clubs they seem to be pretty friendly with them, can they say? They've done business with them both ways. Do you think there could be any potential business in terms of the transfer market to be done with Milan and Lyon? Um, I think Liverpool's needs for January are quite, quite obvious, aren't they? They're, they need their... Or, if they can get a deal done for a major midfielder in January, that's what they will try and do. But um, if they have to wait to the summer, that's where it will be. I think they will have their folk, their targets in mind prior to um, to them heading out. I think there's probably been a list in, um, pinned on the, the wall of, of Julian Ward's office for, for some time, which um, has names on it, which we'd expect, um, you know, 
one of them at the top, I'm sure, being Jude Bellingham. But um, whether these things transpire and they work out, I mean, it's, you know, who knows, it's going to be a major asking price for, for anyone like Bellingham. And also January will, if, if you're going for players in January, it usually means you're going to have to play a slightly inflated sum because clubs don't want to part with players mid-season, especially if they're going for honours themselves, if they're in a title chase or they're in a chase for European spots. Um, they Sometimes it is, it is more... Um, financially beneficial to hold on to these players a little bit longer and secure that kind of uh, Champions League qualification than it is to to simply sell them and make a quick profit because they'll be able to sell these guys in, in the, the summer anyway. But um, so no, I don't think. I mean, I suppose that the who's on the radar for Liverpool and sign them is not you know it's not really my my wheelhouse. But I would expect that they have. Um, have an idea of what they're going to do, whether it's, you know, you never know that there might be players that they see during this pre-season tournament that pique their interest. There might be conversations had which might solve a short-term problem um, for uh, for Liverpool. Obviously, the biggest, probably the biggest name there who isn't a, a Liverpool um, player is kind of Rafael Leao, isn't it? That um, everyone will be wondering what's happening with him uh, and his AC Milan future. So uh, I'm sure there'll be plenty of... Um, Liverpool fans that love to see him at Liverpool, but you know I don't think their needs lie in that particular area of the field um, at present. I think they've got a very glaring need to address um, midfield issues um, if they're going to push on and try and get a, a Champions League spot. Which after the, the the last week or you know week and a half, two weeks, whatever, seems you know that they go into this camp now with a little bit more of a spring in their step than they did um, after 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 the Forest and the Leeds defeats the. Um, the mood was extremely low. Um, the, and that, you know, we usually manifests itself in um, on Twitter as a, a lot of kind of FSG out. Um, and then, then comes the news that they're considering that they may may actually be, be on their way. Um, but I think the mood has slightly changed. I think the tone around Liverpool slightly changed in this past couple of weeks. And um, they'll be thinking if they can get a positive camp out there in Dubai, um leverage some commercial opportunities and um, and kind of all their players come out fit and healthy from the World Cup. I think they'll feel emboldened to maybe spend some money in January um, to try and make a, a concerted effort to ensure that they, uh, they land a top four spot. Yeah, absolutely. I think the positive to go into camp is going to be completely different to what it could have been had the Spurs and Southampton results not gone ideally. But we'll leave it there, Dave. Thank you so much for joining me. A brilliant update as per usual on all things FSG. We'll be bringing these to you very often in the coming weeks, I'm sure, as new people are linked, there's new rumours every few days. So we'll be sure to keep you in the loop. And to keep yourselves in the loop, make sure you're subscribed right here on the Blood Red channel. But from myself, Patrick Smith, and from Dave Powell, thank you very much for joining us on The Bottom Line. We'll catch you next time. You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.